Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. G'day and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. Today we are talking about the overvalued uh, premium midfielders, the top tier guys that we think you should probably reconsider putting them in your fantasy squad. Let's go! G'day again and welcome to the Ball Boys AFL Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Mitch Casey, and you can find me on Twitter at Ball Boys Fantasy and uh, joined once again by my co-host, Luke Rogerson. How are yeah, you? Man? Yeah, good. Really, really good, mate. Um, huge day today. Um, oh, tell spe- me about Speaking it. of Twitter, uh, you might have, uh, people uh, watching on YouTube might have noticed that Keen eye viewers. Yes, the fraction at the front has changed. It's no longer one out of three, it's two out of three. So the big dog, Roy from the Traders, has, hey! he's, he's come along. He's following me now on Twitter. Uh, so it's just uh, one to go. The Calvinator. We've got the sight set on the Calvinator. So, one, one to go. One to go. What? Well, one to go for you. Yeah, uh, yeah. It seems that um, Roy, Roy's uh, <laughs> giving me the follower, not you, what, mate. What's going on here? I mean, are we going to get are we going to get two at the same time one of these days? Yeah. Or? Uh, to be fair, I was I was grovelling and, beg- <laughs> and begging and pleading. Wasn't so that's I? what so what's what it takes. Perhaps it's yeah. You've got to um, yeah lower your colours to grovelling before the boys okay, get well, on board. Well, but, well um, next time we'll have two separate pieces of paper here, and uh, yeah, we'll yeah. see how we go. But, but uh, um, in all seriousness, in terms of um, in terms of the traders. Just quietly, like, how good is it that the AFL fantasy community's got ambas- ambassadors yeah. who are I mean, they're, willing they're to, like, the, They're the trailblazers. They're yeah. the guys leading the yeah. charge. They've been doing it for a long time, and but, uh, but they're still not too big for yeah. little little schmucks like you yeah, and me. Yeah, I so. think that's cool. So, in all seriousness, thanks to, to the traders, because uh, it's awesome that you guys engage with everyone on Twitter, and um, and even though you could be forgiven for, for not contributing your time in that way, you guys still do. So, really appreciate it. Yeah, shout out, for, shout out to uh, Warney and uh, the other two. <laughs> You'll get your shout out later when I get my followers. This is throwing shade. <laughs> no, 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 you guys are legends. But um, all right, let's get into the podcast today. We're talking overpriced uh, premium midfielders. We've already done our underpriced uh, premium midfielders. So if you haven't already, go and check that video or podcast out if you miss it. It's a, it's a bit of a cracker, if I do say so myself. Yeah. Uh, our longest podcast yet, because there's lots to talk about, obviously. Um, probably could have gone for another half an hour, really. But yeah. um, go and check that one out. But today, we're talking about the guys that are overpriced. And at the end, we're also going to be breaking down our top eight mids. So the, the, the players that we think are going to be the top eight at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, and uh, for what it's worth and uh, who you should maybe target there. If there's anyone of value. Yeah. And little disclaimer on this video. I think I said it at the at the start of one of our other ones as well. Don't um, don't get it twisted. The players we're going to talk about today, they're guns. Oh, they're, they're good. They're, they're yeah. going to be they're <laughs> yeah. going to be big scorers. They're we're priced just, highly for a reason. That's it. So we're suggesting that perhaps these are guys that you're not looking to have in your starting squad, but you're keeping an eye on them to see if that value drops. So yeah, don't get that twisted. We still like these guys as fantasy players. Maybe just not from the start. 
That's all. Yeah, yeah. All right. I'm going to throw it over to you, Luke. Who is our first guy we're talking about here? We're talking about the big dog, the biggest of the dogs, the biggest of the dogs. So, uh, if you played one dog, but <laughs> not quite that big, no. But the uh, the player we're talking about is Rory Laird. So, for anyone who played fantasy uh, last year, you'll know all about this bloke. He uh, averaged one. I'm pretty sure he averaged one twenty one for the season. Twenty point three for the season for the season, which is just insanity. So, uh, he's the one million dollar man that you can pick up in fantasy this season. And there are a few people out there, Mitch, that are suggesting that perhaps he still presents value at one twenty, which is just. Insanity, if that's the case. What are yeah. your thoughts there? The, the thoughts there, obviously, you you look at his season, right? He missed the first two rounds. Yep. Um, I'm trying to remember, was that a, a wrist or something like that, potentially, or, or a yeah, hand injury? Going. There was something there. I can't quite remember exactly what it was. Came in the first couple of games, 90, 123, 95, 110. And it was always the kind of joke that he was... He was consistently getting you hundreds, between 100 and 120, but um, you know not really getting those ceiling scores. And then the second half of the season came around. <laughs> ceiling and scores, he, Christ. He went bang, and yep. uh, it was a, it was a big average. After the buys, averaged 128.7 uh, for 10, 10 games. Only dropped below 116 once. So you consider like that's those are all captain scores. Mate, you're convincing like, me to pick that, him. <laughs> they're all captain scores. Lowest uh, only dropped under that score once, and that was for a measly 92. So, so you know it's it's pretty crazy. It's pretty good. So the, these stats, you're probably sitting there thinking, "Hang on, Mitch has just convinced me to pick him." But <laughs> what we're suggesting here is that he would have to reach those heights and beyond to present any value at the start of the year. So yes, maybe maybe he will. Um, and if he does, all power to him. Uh, but if he doesn't, you could pick him up at a discounted price. And then if he does something similar to last year where he goes bang after the buys, you can pick him up around that um, that buy period and then you can just see all the benefit of those huge scores later in the season. Yep. There was um, a little bit of a stat getting around on Twitter about a week ago as well that we both saw that suggests that perhaps that top-scoring premium midfielder um, – each year doesn't necessarily go on to see those heights again the following yeah. year. Talk about yeah. that a little bit. Yeah, so I, again, I apologize. I can't remember the the account that tweeted out those stats. So um, if it was you, let us know and we'll, we'll give you a shout out or something like that. But um, yeah, I think that the, the takeaway message was the average uh, fall in price for the next year was, was close to that sort of 10 to 15 points. I think there was only two players that increased their average after becoming the number one scorer in fantasy the year before. And that was Brody Grundy, I think, in one year. And then Tom Mitchell, uh, where he went back-to-back. I think 127 and 129. Grundy went from maybe a 120 to a 122. Um, so even in those instances, it's like a it's a small increase. It's yeah. nothing uh, you'd big. Be doing, you'd be doing incredibly well to increase significantly on 120, yes, wouldn't you? that's there, right. There and, is um, one thing. Uh, we will kind of play devil's advocate and talk about both sides a little bit. The one thing that if you were going to pick up Laird and you thought, you know, I really want to pick him up, there is, in my mind, there's one thing that suggests that potentially it, it could be an all right move. And that's just the fact that I don't see him as a tag target or a, yeah. a, a, a player that teams are necessarily going to go after tag-wise. You're probably and going then, for Dawson before him, hey? Yeah, and then even if you do tag Led, the way he scores his points, it doesn't necessarily lend itself it's to tackles, something you can, yeah. you can shut down anyway. So, um, you know, there are a couple of things that, that suggest he might be an all right pick, but in my in my opinion, and I think in your opinion as well, it's there's not enough value there. Yeah, I'd like to compare him to the previous season's version of of him, and that was Jack Steele, yep. in my opinion. So Jack Steele had a very similar sort of tale of... Well, not tale of two halves, but he definitely had that 
explosion in the second half of last year. A lot of people started with him um, in 2022. So at the end of the 2021 season, we all sort of said he's priced at 120, but... And his back half the year, this is how he went. 114, 157, 138, 149, 106, 162, 139. Didn't drop below 100 in any of those games. So probably even better than uh, uh, a Rory Laird. And yet, I know he had the injury to his shoulder, but even before that, he was underwhelming. Um, not bad by any stretch. He still put up decent scores, 107, 105, 101, 130, 112, 110 to start the season. But it was still below his average, below what you paid for him. And so ultimately, it was a bit of a disappointing pick for those that went with him at the start of the season because you've used all that money on, on a player like Jack Steele and whereas you could have spread that out and other few guys gotten that value and still probably been able to pick captains each week that matched or bettered his his average. Yeah. And I think that that is kind of how I see it playing out with a Rory Laird. Um, they're both very similar in play styles, like big tacklers. Yep, yep. Um, typically, you wouldn't expect Jack Steele to be a tag target as well. Um, it's just something about those first few rounds of the season that often, like we've spoke about before, think, teams are feeling things out. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It kind of speaks to a point that I made on a couple of podcasts ago was these these guys we're talking about, they're big dog premium players. They're not just good fantasy players. They're great players in the AFL. And yep. those guys just have a way of, of timing their run and building that's into right. a season. Like a, a Rory Laird, um, uh, an Andrew Brayshaw, a... Um, a Took Miller, a Jack Steele, they know that, you know, they're not going to win a flag. Um, they're not going to win round, round one, the first are they? Three, three rounds, so they just yeah. like, they build into their season. It kind of, you naturally see that in their fantasy scores too. Yeah, and I think that there might be something to it. I might be reaching a little bit here, but there might be something to it with those big gun tacklers. Early in the season, and I don't have any evidence. You reckon they've got to warm up the shoulders a bit? Well, no, <laughs> I reckon the game style doesn't favour those kind of guys. The, the weather's warmer. Um, okay. Teams are maybe kicking the ball around a bit more freely. I feel like the, the pace of the game, I don't know, especially in the last couple of years, seems you faster. It's like the, the NBA regular season. Well, no, no one starts playing. You know, like a couple of years ago, we had that the, the man on the mark rule, and everything yeah. was like, you know, playing off of half back and all those sort of things. Like, you know, I remember that game against Sydney, Richmond versus Sydney, and the ball was flinging across all over the ground. Yeah, teams start to, I guess, in those what you're colder is, months, it's, yeah. it's, it's, sometimes wet and things like yeah. that and, and you get those higher tackle games typically there towards the back end it. of the season. But And what you're yeah. saying, I guess, as well, is the teams start to hone their defensive strategy as the season goes yeah, on. Yeah, well. coaches so, make adjustments. They, they yeah. move the magnets around. So these yeah. points we're making, they'll kind of apply to some of the next guys that we talk about as well. Who have we got next, Mitch? Uh, the next guy on my list here is, uh, well... I feel bad talking about this guy negatively because He's he was your my love child, mate. He was my favorite pick of last <laughs> for year, good reason too. And I love the way he goes about it. Uh, Andrew Brayshaw, I think, is an overpriced premium midfielder this year. Look, I love the guy. He is—he's yeah. an absolute gun. Love the way he goes about it. Um, the complete opposite of of a guy who puts his head down and sulks. He he goes after it it's every awesome. game, no matter how well his team's doing. Um, I just think that it's. I didn't expect him to do as well as he did last year, yeah, even though he, I picked him. He increased him. by ten points last year, so we went from twenty twenty one one hundred four to one thirteen. So you kind of, when they're at that ceiling, do you see that happening again? It's it's kind of hard to imagine that that kind of improvement happening again. He had a game where he scored one hundred eighty one points. <laughs> again, you're convincing me to pick him. <laughs> well, what I'm saying that is is, do you expect that to be? Do you expect that to happen again? Look, he's capable. Oh no doubt. But. 
Are we? That's a very high bar, and and obviously none of his scores. Like he, he did have a one forty and a few one twenties and a one thirty in there, but but nothing was forty points close to that yeah. score. It's it's very much the outlier, um, and it does lift his average just a little bit more than I expect him. I still think he's probably a 110 guy, yeah. um, and he'll be very much, uh, again, spoiler alert for my, my top eight, he'll be very much in the oh, mix. definitely. Um, but so whether he, he can improve on that, I, I just have my doubts. Yeah, and so last season he went at 76% um, CBAs. So again, it's, it's hard to see that going up significantly. Maybe he nudges the 80s. Um, but... Let's have a look at it through a lens of an opposition team. You come in to play Fremantle. So last year, like you said, he burst onto scene onto the scene. But this year, if you're an opposition player playing against Fremantle and you see Andrew Brayshaw running into that gap for that little mm. short kick to set him up across yep. half back or through the midfield, suddenly you're kind of on alert. Do you know what yep. I mean? You you know yep. you now know that's Andrew Brayshaw and you're probably going to go do something yep. about it. That's Coaches just, are going to be well. I mean, they yeah. were already kind of on to him, but like you know, there was all that thing about Firefield in the season. He was he was going to be playing, but then yeah. he had that injury setback came in, and I think it's very clear that Fife's a forward and, and yes. that this season, and Brayshaw is that main man in the middle. So he's he's very much a, a tag target. He did see some tags last year, and and to his credit, managed to fight his way through a lot of them. Yeah, because he's a hard worker. Um, but it's still enough to sort of limit his ceiling a little bit more. So and uh, and like we said before, like these aren't bad picks, but but it just means that there's probably better ones out there. Yeah, in my and, opinion. and the opportunity to get these guys cheaper. Potentially, exactly. Potentially. Yes. Yeah, like I said, it, as long as he doesn't go 181 in his second game, uh, you know, <laughs> there's <laughs> a good really chance good, yeah. that that he um, that he is someone that you could jump on maybe for the same or lesser price. And also, we should also mention this as well: the way that the magic number works in AFL Fantasy because we start with a lot of rookies who outperform their price. Yeah. Uh, I'm not sure if any, everyone knows this. This is getting pretty nerdy into the stats now. But the total, <laughs> the, nerd. the total number of dollars in AFL Fantasy is always the same. Um, it always has to equal the same amount of money, right? So when you have a lot of rookies that start so underpriced early in the season, that's when you see big swings in in prices. doesn't leave room for those premiums too. So if you just underscore a little bit, it's going to affect your price much more at the start of the season than it would at the end of the season when there's no longer those high amount of rookies that are debuting, outperforming their price by a lot. So... In early parts of the season, you've got to be so confident you're going to go over your price because if you're just under a little bit, it does actually cause your price to fall a lot more than it would later in the season when there's not as many debuts and players outperforming their starting price. It just means you're definitely looking for guys who you think will um, give you upside, hey? Yeah, 100%. So uh, it breaks my heart, but Andrew Brayshaw <laughs> does make the list. as uh, This next fella is As this next similar, guy does. He's in a similar boat, isn't he? And there's a couple that we'll talk, obviously, in more detail, but there's a couple of unknowns with his team as well that I'm... A, a little bit sort of iffy on and the guy we're talking about is Clayton Oliver so he performed um, unbelievably well last season he his went best an season of, of his career yeah went at an average of 112 um, he's only 25 so he's like he's in peak condition yep. um, maybe not aesthetically but <laughs> oh lay off the man <laughs> but physically he's in his peak condition um, so th- there's a couple of sort of things that I, I'm thinking about with Clayton Oliver um, what what does Petrarca do next season mm-hmm. so Will Will Simon Goodwin and his coaching staff have decided that Petrarca is going to be like a little bit more forward? Does that 
give Clayton Oliver the run of the midfield. But then there's also a fella that we liked um, in our Defenders podcast who we think is now going to be spending more time in the midfield. And that's the other Brayshaw, um, Angus Brayshaw. So there's a couple of unknowns there with Clayton Oliver. And because of those unknowns and the fact that he scored really well last year, it just to me would not be a safe selection when there's so many other midfielders that present value. Yeah. Thoughts? I think I think those are all fair. Like uh, Clayton Oliver, again, he's a gun. Yeah. Like, he, I honestly think he's one of the best players in the AFL. Um, he's the he probably is the best at what he does. Um, like he is probably if I was to rank players in terms of the the ones that are the most untaggable, Clayton Oliver is yeah, probably one or two it? on that list. Like he, he is so the size of him, his um, his work ethic, so and his clean hands. Um, he's just he's just he's a gun, and and it's it shows in his scores. Like his scores are so consistent. He had one score at sixty eight versus the Port Adelaide Power in round four, but other than that, his lowest score was eighty seven. He only had three other scores below hundred for the whole year. So yeah. four scores under hundred for the entire season, including finals. So twenty five rounds. Um, it's just a remarkable, remarkably consistent kind of player. I'm not so worried about maybe Brayshaw going in there, and and do, I think Clayton Oliver is going to be Clayton Oliver, and He'll he's going to be in there. I don't think that's going to change. The one thing that I might be a little bit concerned of is if Petrarca's maybe playing a bit more forward time, that the tags come to Clayton Oliver yeah, okay. a bit more consistently because you know he and, and Petrarca share those tags sometimes, and yep. they might tag one for a quarter and the other for another quarter, whereas it might stay on, on Oliver a little bit longer. In saying that, like I said, he's probably one of the guys that you can't really tag yeah. the most, but it's still enough to just shave off a little bit of that ceiling score. Um, and again, when we're yeah, really when nitpicking yeah. at the, the, the top of the price, the other thing is last year was his best. It was his career year. He's yeah. never gone above 110 before. Goes at 112.5. Yes, he's 25. He's still young and could improve again. Yeah. Um, but I just think, like I said before, there are other guys that I just think are better options and uh, yeah, with more upside. Don't, don't see uh, Clayton Oliver. Like it wouldn't surprise me if he comes out and does one fifteen. Like that wouldn't shock me. But again, it's it's two and a half points. Exactly, upside. that's it. It's, that's that's the thing with all of these blokes. It's, it's like even if they go upside, it you know they're two and limited and a half to yeah that kind of range. Could you do so. better? And I th- I think you can. So yeah, and yeah. I think that's the, that's a pretty pretty clear one for me. Now, Callum Mills from the Swannies, he is obviously, you know, fits this overpriced premium category as well. But there's a couple of little um, things about the way he's played and the way he's utilized on game day that can kind of probably scare you off a little bit at this price. So he's he's priced at 111, which is um, 983K. And um, some of you out there will know what I'm referencing, but he's just such a versatile player. He's, kind of, he's a victim of being so good at he's, so many things yeah. that... Um, when there's gaps to be filled, um, Horse Longmire just fills the gaps with Callum Mills. He may as well yep. be called Sellies because um, he's just filling gaps. <laughs> you like that one? That, that almost went over my head. That was that bad. Jeez, um, I'm doing these on the spot, so this is good gear. <laughs> I think Grasshopper was your better one. Um, I think, uh, yeah, I, I agree with you. Like, I, I have a... Look, speaking from... You had your, your moment with Darcy Parrish the other day. This, this is my moment with Callum <laughs> oh, Mills here. the captain choice. Tell I, us, tell us I about I have it. a love-hate relationship with Callum Mills. He was my first upgrade of the season last year. And I, the, the first week that I got him in, he pumps out a 164. For me catapulting me up to uh, top three hundred early in the uh, early in the uh, the season, but the end of the season when I'm pulling my hair out about my captain's choices, he uh, 
unfortunately has the tendency to sometimes not uh, play the role that you want him to play. And he pumps out a, a score like a 54. Um, <laughs> I think, just to rub salt in the wounds, I'm pretty sure Clayton Oliver went like 130 that Those were my well. two yeah. options that year. And, and, and if I trace back the difference between me having this hat and another hat, is that... Freaking captain choice. Um, oh, mate. So, could have and, and I, I, yeah. And and you can attest this. No, I was, I, I was weighing up between those two. Yeah, he, he's not, he's not uh, um, taking the piss here. And, and, and of course, I picked the one. It cost me 80 points and it cost yeah, me hats. You so, can't look back like that, mate. You just kill yourself. You there's there's obviously so many things that, yeah. that, that, that a season can boil down to, but I remember that one specifically and it still hurts it, to this it day. It proves the point we're trying to make, isn't yeah. it? That he's, he's so versatile and that if the game demands it, um, his coach isn't afraid to put him in a position where, and I mean, like, uh, you can't you can't begrudge a coach for doing that. They're trying to win the game. They don't yeah. care about our yeah. fantasy scores. The other thing um, I will say, though, uh, about Callum Mills is that there yeah. was a very distinct trend in the second half of the season. His CBA percentages dropped fairly significantly. Um, I don't have the, the exact averages right in front of me. I might be able to get that up in a second. But um, after the buys, there's a very clear, distinct drop. You know, 57, 65, 50, 55, 55. A game where he had 28 CBAs, 28 percent CBAs. Um, yep. When they started to get a few more of those younger blokes in there, um, you Chad know, Chad Warner's. Warner was, yep. was a more prominent uh, feature in there. Uh, for some reason, Top, Tom Papley was in there a bit more <laughs> after the buys. Don't really get that one. Um, He's pretty explosive when he goes in there. But. Yeah, but Callum Mills, come on. <laughs> I think you just look at the fantasy lens. <laughs> well, maybe, I don't know. But it's just, it, there's, a, there's a trend that I don't like, and I can see, like we've said before, he is so good at so many things. When you've got other guys that maybe can only play in the inside midfield, that he is the guy that suffers as a result of that. So for me, I can actually I actually project him losing a few points this season if, yep. if that trend continues, and I think it kind of will, because they do have a few young up-and-coming guys that I think maybe uh, fighting for more inside time. Yeah, and he's he's the consummate professional as well, isn't he? Like oh, he's he, so good. Yeah, if he gets asked to play the role, he plays the role, no head, head tilting or anything like that. Yeah. So um, this next fellow we're going to talk about, Zach Merritt. Zach now, Merritt. Just looking at his stats here... Matty Mopsham's favourite player. Well, we'll, we'll see. yeah, I mean, what was what was that story? One, that was one, the... 172 on, on the, with the big C on like him. 120 in the second half. Yeah, I think he was like 35 at halftime. And then, Mate, then, then he would have had huge. his heart in his mouth, hey? Oh, yeah, That's I couldn't ridiculous. imagine that. Now, in terms of Zach Merritt, there's... Funny Callum Mills could do that. <laughs> He's still salty. Anyway. The, there's a, a case to be made where... Zach Merritt, you could actually see close to 10 points of upside, but you really have to reach for it. So looking at yeah, his, so. yeah, so his average um, last year was 107, okay, with that ceiling of 172. Now there's people who go right back to 2017 and 2016 where Merritt went at um, 115 and 117 respectively and say, hey, there's 10 points of upside. But to me, if you're having to reach back like five years and yeah. that's... 2016 we're talking about. Yeah, so that's... <laughs> it's 2023. Um, yeah. So if you're um, if you're having to reach back that far to yeah. justify your upside, yeah. there's probably a few question marks on that. Hey, yeah. um, new coach. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what Brad Scott does with, with he and Parrish. Um, but again, yeah. these guys are so expensive that y- you could... I mean, you could justify it, but maybe you're only getting three or four points upside when there's guys think, you could yeah. do better with. Yeah, I think that's the thing, hey. And, and the Bombers, to me, I'm, I'm not... They're one of the teams that I just don't really know what they're going to do with their, their midfield. Yeah. Um, 
Like, Merritt was in there for the season 68% CBAs. It's not yeah. a low number. But he it's could, not like elite. He could be higher. Yeah. But I've heard a lot of whispers of, of players like Archie Perkins, Ben Hobbs, yeah. um, wanting to get in there. And new um, coach just exacerbates new coach, that unknown, doesn't it? You know, there's, there's a lot of criticisms surrounding the Bombers and their game style and them having a lot of players that are very like-for-like, you yeah. know, Parrish, Merritt, being that kind of similar you know, offensive-minded midfielder that that accumulator type without having that defensive presence or that guy that breaks the lines and explodes out of the midfield. So, yeah. for me, if it's going to be one of those guys that comes out of the midfield, it's going to be Merritt before Parrish. I think Parrish... Comes, like, is, is removed. Like, like it comes reduces yeah, sees their role uh, decreased. Yeah, and um, Parrish is cheaper anyway. So. Parrish is cheaper, he's younger. So, I think... Uh, he, I see more upside in a player like Parrish. Yeah. Merritt... Like I said, maybe there's two two points or so upside, but again, he's kind of a player that I think he pretty much is what he is, and there is that element of risk that it does yeah. change in in this upcoming season. So yeah. he could go yeah. huge, but there's you know there's every chance he doesn't as well. And um, this next bloke on the list, uh, you actually can't pick him because based on the stats I've got here, he's thirty. So yeah, who are we talking about? Lockie Neal. Oh, but I think yes. that uh, other than the fact that he's a little bit older, the other thing that probably, in my mind, excludes you picking Lockie Neal at this price is the fact that they've added Dunkley. So I'm not, I'm not going to say, I'm not going to say that Neal's score drops, but do I see Neal presenting value where he's going to go up five to ten points? Probably not. Yeah. Um, it's you know me saying that uh, that Dunkley's coming along doesn't mean Neal's not a good player or that Neal's role is going to change. I think his role will still cha- will still um, stay the same. I just don't know if I see his scoring increasing. Yeah, I think I think the other thing that people the six in a lot of people's mind is that twenty twenty year he just went absolutely bananas. Uh, Average ninety eight in obviously the short quarters, which you know adjusted close to about one hundred and twenty. Um, you can kind of almost not throw it out, but. It, it's not as applicable to this game style. When he was yeah. playing 95% of game time um, uh, in those games, it, it, I don't really think you can sort of say that that's his true no. ceiling that he's done before. No. So his other uh, only other ceiling, that uh, a season that he's averaged more than the 170 put up last season was back in 2016 when he was a part of the Frio Dockers. And of course, back then, he was the guy that wasn't getting tagged because you're tagging Fife. Yeah. Um, he's the guy that... that defenses are going to be clued in on. He gets tagged like every third week because um, it's so obvious. I don't think Dunkley's coming in and changing that. Um, no. And I think that, like we sort of said, at age... He's 29, by the way, and seven when, months. When does he... Well, that means he turns 30 in the year. In the it? season, yeah, yeah. So, so you'll... <laughs> oh, well, look, I'm not picking him, but but it, as part of the 30 rule, he, he clears it. It's okay. He's 29 at the start of the season. Um, but I love he, that you jumped on and quickly fact-checked that yeah. too. <laughs> I'm very quick to defend my rules here. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, I think you just, you're not going to see him improve, right? I think yeah. he kind of is what he is. He's a gun player. He's a Brownlow medalist. But, you know, we kind of see those guys that are maybe better at football than they are at fantasy because of the attention that they draw. Yep. I think Lockie Neal falls under that camp and... Uh, He'll be there amount. Like I still think he's going to average more than a hundred, probably yeah. close to that one hundred and five mark. But I don't see him going one ten, one fifteen, which is probably what you'd want him to do if you're picking him around that price. Certainly. So yeah, um, moving on from Lockie Neal to the next guy that we've got here, really a bit of a surprise. I'm not sure if people are aware of how good of a season this guy had, but Brad Crouch. 
mm. uh, is a, a guy I just want to touch on real quick. I don't know if many people are actually considering picking him. He's sneaky good, isn't he? He's sneaky good. Yeah. So some people might be trying to be a bit clever and, and, and select Brad Crouch, but I just think that with the change in game style, or not the change in game, but the new coach, yep. uh, the fact that he hasn't really ever oh, done anything you. like that before. Um, I think he had one season when he came back from injury um, that he put up a decent average, but I just think that, uh, like we said, there's so many other better picks, and um, he'd be the kind of guy that I could see someone picking to be a if, unique for right. the sake of being unique. Yeah, and, that's not and what I just don't you think that that's what we should be. Uh, what we should be doing. Yep, agree on that one. So yeah, I think he's a pretty easy scratch for that one there. Um, this next guy might not be as easy to scratch. Not and, as obvious. Yeah, and there's there'll be definitely some people who um, get behind this fella. It's just, to me, it's sort of dependent on role. Um, and I'm talking about Christian Petrarca. Mm-hmm. Now, I know you've got a little bit to say about him, so I might let you lead off. Well, I just want to firstly say that I think that Christian Petrarca is the best player in the, in the game. Like, I honestly, like, I, I think he's an absolute jet and Be an cool. absolute gun. You realise um, he doesn't play for Richmond, right? I know that. I know that. <laughs> it, 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 I know, yeah. Maybe I should, you know. Well, I mean, I'm put, taking off yeah, my Richmond hat. I was going to say, don't let Ellie, don't let Ellie hear you say yeah, that. No, I, won't say, I think I've said it a few times. But he, <laughs> he's that perfect modern type player that is more... And we've seen it in the past with players that are better maybe in that other format, the Supercoach format, mm. or, or better in real-life footy than they are in fantasy because obviously they draw attention and, and it's more quality over quantity sometimes yeah. because he's that guy that can be damaging up forward, break oh, yeah. lines. Oh, yeah. um, you know, everything he does is classy, but yep. a kick is a kick in fantasy. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, a mark is True a mark. Whether it's, whether it's contested or uncontested or if, yep. you, if you get a clearance or you don't get a clearance in fantasy, it doesn't matter. Um, and I think, obviously, the the inkling that I'm, I'm getting for... Um, for Melbourne is they want to see him not completely out of the midfield, but maybe reducing his centre bounces a little yeah. bit, having him play a bit more of that forward role. Tw- um, 25 touches and four goals is a better stat line for Christian Petrarca than 35 and a goal. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So that it, like that's that's the new wave of um, like, kind of like prototype midfielder is yeah. that midfielder that doesn't just rack up the pill for fun, yeah. um, but it racks it up a little bit and then hits the scoreboard. And, so, and we've seen this before. I know he gets compared to him a lot, but I think that Dusty is obviously the the hallmark Is of it? this kind of a player. Yeah. And we've seen yeah. that, you know, he obviously had his breakout season in 2017, averaged 114 points. The next season, 93. Um, yeah. Now, I don't think Richmond had as much of fantasy. <laughs> Richmond has uh, had a great season that year. They yes. were uh, they were amazing, and Dusty did his thing. And it was it was not like he stepped back from like an AFL impact point of view, yeah. but from a fantasy point of view, the, the difference is huge. And I think that there is a risk that Christian Pachaka follows a similar kind of path, yep. especially if he finds himself playing a bit more of that sort of start middle head oh, forward. They, they have such elite midfielders. They it's, don't, like, it's a no-brainer to play him in that. Oh, if you've got in Oliver and Brayshaw there, it's yeah. like Petrarca's got to be four to centre. That's Brayshaw's role. That's Oliver's role. Yep. And, and he can be more damaging up forward. He needs to be that guy to catch it, to get it inside 50 or catching it in the 50 himself and scoring goals rather than getting cheap ball at the back. And I think that they realise that with them not succeeding last year and winning the flag uh, yeah. after their hot start. So let me throw you a hypothetical. If you watch throughout the preseason and Petrarca's playing high midfield time, high CBAs, and he's killing it, is there a world where you pick him valued at 102? Or I think I think there's obviously a world that he improves on this price. Yeah. Um, uh, it's definitely like he's not expensive by a, a huge stretch. But again, if I just resort back to the 
other options around his price. There yeah. are so many more players that I will find myself gravitating towards, like a Bontempelli, yeah. a Darcy Parrish, a Josh Kelly. Yeah. Like these guys are more your classical Bailey accumulators. Smith, Bailey Smith is pretty close in that price yeah. as well. So these kind of guys, I think, just have a higher ceiling and, are, and, and I'm more confident that their role is not going to shift throughout yeah. the season, maybe with the exception of Josh Kelly. Um, and I, Yeah, so I just think that even if the upside does prove to be there, is it as good as those other guys? They don't have quite the downside that I think the Petrarca might have. So, yeah, I yeah. I'm not I'm not ruling out the fact that he could be better than his price, but I just think there's a lot of risk there. Mm, would be yeah, my point no, I, I think that's a fair take on that one. Last one, lucky last, the Cripper. Yeah, the uh, the reigning Brownlow medalist. Uh, yeah, I think I think Roy had him going at one fifty or something, didn't he? <laughs> yeah, I think that was <laughs> in his the, Carlton podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh, the Carlton coloured glasses. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so Patrick Cripps, again, I'll, I'll put a bit of history on my uh, experience with Patrick Cripps. I started without him last season, mm. never had him in my team. And it hurt you, uh, It did hurt me at the start of the season. Um, he's, again, one of those players, very similar to a Petrarca, um, a better fan, a better AFL player than a fantasy player traditionally. Now, he went absolutely beast mode last oh. year. It was probably, would you agree, it's like he was his best season of his career? Yeah, and, and both fantasy impact and, and footy impact as well. Um, I mean, he had a season in 2018 where he put up 109 um, in 2018. Again, we're going back five years now. Yeah, reaching. Um, yeah, he's impactful. Um, I guess he's similar in a way to Christian Petrarca, isn't he? They're, they're both big, huge bull midfielders that want to go for, they want to break the lines, um, they want to kick goals. There doesn't seem to be quite the narrative with Patrick Cripps playing forward as there is with Petrarca. And that could be to do with, oh, I was going to say it could be do, to do with Cattle in the midfield, but Carl's Carl, got a great midfield. Yeah, I mean, Walsh, Walsh isn't going to start Walsh the season, but, there, but yeah. they do have a great midfield, you're, you're right. Um, Maybe he's not quite as dynamic of a of a forward, like I feel like he's more brute strength. Petrarca's a bit more fleet of foot. Yeah, sometimes um, he goes forward and he looks he looks good. He just like beast mode some of those smaller yeah, defenders oh, he's, out of the road. Unit, absolutely. But all the, all those things said, it it's just comes down to the same old story. I don't have the confidence with him valued at one hundred and two that we're going to see ten points of upside. He was eighty three percent CBAs last year. So um, it's like he's not going to increase drastically with CBAs. Yeah. That's including a game where he got injured in round four and 32%. So really he's like 85% CBAs. Yeah. Like he's one of the highest CBA guys in the in the comp. Yeah. Um, so you don't really have the upside you there. You just don't see where it's going to come from, do you? The where, yeah. Where's he going to come from? He doesn't get the easy ball. He gets everything the hard way. And the, obviously like... the brown low curse is a real thing. <laughs> yeah, um, we saw that, didn't we? Yeah, obviously Ollie Wines proved yeah. that. Dusty proved that. Um, and some little like historical injury kind of things with Cripper as yeah. well. Maybe yeah. not so much last year, but... Shoulders, previous, backs, yeah. soft tissue, had the hamstring last year. So at that price, it just kind of... It, he was a great pick last year, but this year... Yeah. Maybe not so much. Yeah, I can see I can see the narratives there, but I just think, again, there's just better options that I think are much safer and yeah. have a higher ceiling than a Patrick Cripps, who uh, obviously is a gun in real life, but I think... And obviously, again, better in the super coach formats that reward those kind of clearances and contested possessions and, and all those contested marks and things like that. But again, a kick's a kick, a mark's a mark in fantasy, and yeah. it's much better to get it the easy way than the hard way in yeah. fantasy. So uh, those it. are... 
Those are our overpriced uh, premium midfielders. Obviously, there are more that uh, we think are overpriced, but I think we just wanted to touch on the probably the most popular Definitely. ones today and maybe the, the ones that you might be considering. Uh, yeah, I don't if... think I see many people considering Jack Viney as an option. <laughs> or, no, I wouldn't yeah. have thought so. so. And, and if um, for the people out there, if you have a, a difference of opinion to us or um, you want to give some more information, please comment on the YouTube yeah. channel because um, we always love to get more intel and, yeah. and see you, what people If you have any questions, about players specifically that you want to ask and get our thoughts on that we haven't covered in these last couple of podcasts, drop them down in the comments. Happy to have that discussion with you guys. I think we had a good chat with a commenter about Jaden Short before the most recent yeah, podcast. So, for sure. Yeah, it's um, we love to have those chats. So last, uh, to wrap up the podcast today, we're going to go through our, our top eight mids. So we're slowly doing the rolling 22, I guess, across <laughs> several weeks. So yeah. we did our top six defenders yep. in the Overpriced Defenders podcast. Now we'll do the, the midfielders. I think you let us off last time. Yeah, so, you're, uh, you're going first this time because I'm, I'm, I'm certain on... you copied me last time. <laughs> yeah, okay, all right. So, See if you can copy me this time. So, all right, top eight mids in order. Okay, in order? so okay. ranked okay. in order. Give them to me. I've got number one. I know it's vanilla. It's it's Rory Laird. Um, okay. I have him, and again, I'm, I'm putting a number to all these guys um, just, just for funsies. Why not? That was like an average. Yeah, just, okay. just to average, a projected average. I've got him going 117, um, so dropping okay. back a few points. Um, number two, I have Jack Steele. I have him going 115 this season, followed by uh, Took Miller at 114 at number three. Yep. Number four, again... You're seeing a lot of names that appeared on our podcast are being overpriced, but they're still guns. Clayton, yeah. Clayton Oliver, I've got him going about a 112. And then I've got maybe the first surprise of the list. At number five, I have Bailey Smith, uh, which, again, if might you, be a hot take. Yeah, well, if you listen to our previous podcast, it's, it's um, something that Mitch is you really might, You might be aware, on, yes. So. But I'm very keen on Bailey Smith this yeah, year. Yeah, I think you have to make those bold predictions, but that makes it fun. Yeah, I think um, I haven't heard him being spoken about much before. I think I think our, our most recent uh, listener, Roy, Roy, had him in his uh, little team that I noticed there. Um, uh, yeah, in, Obviously, he presents so, a little bit of value as well. So, Roy, let me know what you think about Bailey Smith. But um, I think he can absolutely go. I've got him pegged at 112, so kind of right alongside yeah. Clayton Oliver there. Yeah. Um, you know, he's done it in stretches. Uh, number six, I've got my boy from last year, Andrew Brayshaw, going at about 110. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's me with six players going 110 or above. The rest of the guys, I think... The next group is a very big clump of players. Okay. Um, so I kind of see them as a pretty locked-in top six. The next couple guys, I've got... You could mix and match a lot of them. But yeah, at seven, yeah. I've, I've gone with Callum Mills. Yep. I've got him going at about 108, 107. And same with Zach Merritt, sort of a 107, 108 sort of a, a range there. So obviously a lot of honorable mentions there. I won't go through the whole list, but that's where I cut it off. What are your what are your thoughts yeah, on my well, list? Good to know the, we're sort of on the same page. We um, haven't consulted each other about these lists, but yeah. um, seven of the eight guys I also have on okay. my list with with um, the one that you don't have as being maybe a surprise. Some people I think I've heard have him on the list as well. So um, uh, the first seven I'll read out there, um, same as Mitch, but they're just in a slightly different order. So okay. I had Steele as getting back to the heights um, yeah. that he reached in in uh, twenty twenty one. I considered that. Yep. So as number one. And then Laird followed 
closely second. I just uh, like I don't see a world where um, Rory Laird drops off a cliff. I know there's those stats yeah. about the fact that the top averaging player sometimes drops away, but he's just such a beast. Um, yeah. He gets his points in the right way, if that makes any sense. And um, and I think diversified. He's number two. Yeah. Now I've gone a little bit more bullish. I think it might I might um, be hanging out with you too much because I've actually got Bailey Smith at number three. Oh, I think, okay. I think, <laughs> I think your takes are contagious because once I started digging in, I, I really like. Like uh, the look of it. Um, although, All right. I, although maybe I don't agree with some of his personal choices. Wow, well, um, yeah. we're not selecting him for his uh, <laughs> for what he does in the uh, on yeah, the weekends after we, the game. <laughs> but uh, but I think as far as on field stuff goes, he could be the number three ranked midi. Uh, then the Tookster, the Tuk Tuk at number four. I've got Mills at five. Uh, okay. Ol- Oliver there at six. So for me, Tuk Mills and Oliver, like you said, it, uh, you know, throw pretty, the dice out. Pretty it, it pretty. Could, Blanket kind of, yeah, that's kinda it. Throw it over. Yeah, it could could go um, in any order, and then I've got Brayshaw as having a little bit of a drop um, coming off his big breakout season. So I've got him in at seven, and then instead of having Merritt in at eight, I've got Tommy Mitchell to hopefully okay. get back to yep. um, not quite the heights that um, he saw in his best seasons, but I think he could be a top eight defender, he a was top a, eight midfielder. Sorry, <laughs> he was a he was a honourable mention for me, and I, I find it pretty tough to sort of place a projected average on Tom Mitchell. Yeah. Um, it wouldn't shock me if he came, comes out and does a 115. It would definitely shock me if he comes out and does a 120 plus again. I don't think yep. that's on the cards, but yep. I, I can definitely see him being in that sort of Took Miller, Clayton Oliver kind of kind of a range. Um, I just, for the sake of this this eight, I just had him just outside. So yep. don't disagree too much there at all. So yeah, looks, yeah, we're, we're very much on the same page pretty, with that one. Pretty similar. Um, Bailey Smith, huh? Number three. Yeah. So You're going to be um, waving that flag now. Oh, definitely. I'll be getting behind him. But he just, we talked about it on our previous podcast. He just works so hard. You, when he's on the field, you never feel like there's a, a, a time in the game where he's not hunting the football. Yeah. Do you know what yeah. I mean? So if he, like you mentioned, if he reaches back to those like high 80, 90% time on ground stats, you can pretty much back him to just be finding the pill the whole time he's out there. Yeah. And the other thing too is you, you see every touch because that mullet is flowing without <laughs> yeah, a he's, behind he's not it. hard to miss, it's is like he? like a cape. And I think, I think there's something to be said about those guys that are younger and, you know, he's got he's got a point to prove. Oh, like definitely he's, after he's, last like, year. Especially like early in the season, right? Like we talked about the price boomers being bigger early in the season. I think it's important, like, you know, Andrew Brayshaw started the season last year with like a house on fire. He's got a point to prove to take that next step forward. Yeah, you know, the Bulldogs disappointed a bit last year, bounced out after yeah. the, the first finals. Um, yeah. He obviously had those off-court issues. That, off-court uh, issues. Uh, yeah, so off-field <laughs> issues. I mean, basketball, recorded the fancy basketball podcast earlier, but uh, yeah, he's... Um, yeah, I think he's got a point to prove and he wants to... I, I can easily see him coming out and just really hunting the footy. And he, obviously, he did it last year. Yeah, um, yeah. So he's got he's got that history of starting like a house on fire. And, and he kind of uh, doesn't fall get away in, from you. He kind of doesn't fall into that category I mentioned before of those like uber premiums that are just easing their way into a season. Like you said, he's got a point to prove. A couple, yeah. of, indis- um, couple, of, couple of indiscretions last year that he'll be looking to make amends for. So I see him coming out coming out hard. I want to I wanna maybe just point out one player that neither of us have on our list, um, yeah. Jack McRae was on neither yeah, of our list, and I, I think he's on most people's top eight um, mids. Was he? Was he close to the? Yeah, he was. In, he you? was in consideration. Um, I don't know. What do you say? These guys are all guns. It's like yeah. if, if you don't, if you got to draw a line him, somewhere, then you don't pick someone else. So where do you? In terms of like a an top average, 12. like where oh, would you say average wise? What's he priced at? Oh, maybe one hundred five. 
Yeah, okay. I, yeah. I, I think I see him, yeah, between that 105, 110 mark. Um, yeah. It's tough. Like, I think he's he's underpriced, but I also think that in terms of the, the other Bulldogs, he's probably the lowest. I think he's going to benefit the least from, the from Dunkley, Dunkley moving on um, because yeah. he was already higher up in the CBAs compared to a Bont, compared to a, yeah. uh, uh, a Bailey Smith. So I think in terms of taking that next step forward, Again, I know I know he's done the 116s, the 120s in the past, yeah. but just because he's done it previously doesn't necessarily mean he's going to do it this season. So, interesting. I just wanted yeah. to make a, a note that. that Look at us. We've, we've gone and turned this podcast into a Bulldogs podcast. Oh, as, I tell you what, well. I can talk about them all day. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> lots, of, lots of to watch there. But um, that, mm. w- that might do it uh, for us there, guys. Um, let yep. us know what your top eight is down in the comment section below on YouTube uh, or tweet at us if you want to have a discussion over there as well. Looking at you, Roy. Um, and uh, make sure you guys are subscribed to the YouTube channel. Um, next podcast, we're going to be talking about some mid prices there are actually a lot of mid-priced mids that we need to talk about today that should definitely be in consideration for your team so uh, look out for that one there guys um, give this video a big thumbs up give us a five-star rating as well if you're listening on um, podcasts and uh, we'll see you next time bye